the 11th chapter, the 28th verse, the 29th verse as well. Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine. 28, 29. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that are Weary and heavy laden. And I will give you what? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find what? Rest for your souls. Rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are what? Heavy laden, the King James. I almost entitled this sermon, Heavy Ben Laden, Ben Laden. Almost, almost. It's a good title. I know Lenny liked it. Uh, heavy Ben Laden. But I've entitled it, He'll Do the Rest. I'll give you rest. Father, I pray for rest and peace and tranquility and security, comfort and, as your word says, contentment. Being content in all things because we have you. You. Come unto me and to yourself. Give of yourself on tonight, I pray. As we give you ourselves and you do the rest. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. And heavy Ben Laden. Hi-yi-yi, Ben Laden. Almost entitled that. Would have been a bit unique, but I didn't want to give the devil no victory. Hallelujah. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I, I pray for that individual. Some people may not want to, and they might feel... Wow, you know, he's our enemy, and he is, he's our enemy. I mean, he'll kill you if he could, no doubt about it. He would. Uh, but hey, somebody read the scripture yesterday, hey, don't fear him that, I think Brother Joe Romero, when we were here, gathered here together, he read the scripture, don't fear him that can kill the body, but he that can mess with the soul. Uh, and uh, uh, so, you know, and again, I mentioned I travel abroad in different times and different places, and uh, you know, they're looking for Americans and are you an American? And, you know, and your life could be on the line. That's, that's a fact, especially with these people. And they feel they're fighting a religious war. They, they're doing it all in the name of Allah, in the name of God. And, uh, again, we know that they're wrong. We've said before that, you know, an individual who climbed the ladder of success, when he got to the top, what happened? He found out the ladder was up against the wrong wall. And, 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 and those people in the plane yesterday, <clears throat> especially those four pilots that weren't supposed to be pilots, they found out yesterday it was up against the wrong wall. I mean, it's over for them. There's, 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 there's no more, you know, alms and no more prayer and no more, you know, uh, turning towards Mecca and all that stuff. It's over. Uh, and, and they thought they were doing well. Uh, Billy Graham said, it's, hey, you can be sincere, but sincerely wrong. And that's what happened with them. We know that for a fact. Uh, Jesus Christ changed my life through the word of God. Praise God. How many were here last week for in, in Sunday night service when my wife shared her testimony? Wasn't that powerful? Uh, man, she got down, down, down. Uh, well, he'll do the rest. All ye that labor and are heavy laden or heavy burdened. Now, who are those that labor? John 4, 6 talks about Jesus when he was laboring, when he was tired. It talks about that. Even he got tired. Okay, when he came against the well and he was witnessing at, to the woman at the well. He'd been in labor. He'd been in and, and, and some things there. See, the word implies a life 
sinking underneath a weight that you are not strong enough to bear. That's what it means. Okay? In other words, to labor. That it's a life that is submerging itself, that it's sinking underneath a weight that it is not strong enough to bear. That is labor. But then we have the word heavy laden. This word is almost the same word. It's almost the same thing. Heavy laden. It's taken from, uh, uh, you know, talking about a boat or a vessel that its cargo has, you know, uh, it's too big of a burden. And it's burden almost to the point of submersion. Okay, stay with me now. That's what it's talking about. In other words, it's, talking, it's like a battleship becoming a submarine almost. Look at what it's talking about. It's referring to a, a boat or a vessel that has cargo that's making it sink. Uh, from an from a aircraft carrier to a submarine. So, the just or the brunt of what Jesus is saying here, telling us, is this. That all who are nearly, uh, you know, exhausted. All of you whom, uh, you know, your strength is not, is, is not that great right now. Okay? That is, it's near spent. All of your energies. Whose weight is nearly unbearable and beyond your power. You and I, myself, all of us, we're to come to him. All of us. And some of you are here this, tonight like that. Uh, you're a little submerged. See, all the overcargo he's talking about. Those living in fear of submission, come to him. Come unto me. He's talking. He's mentioning. Now, could there be, you know, any such hearts here tonight? Yes, there are. Or could there be any such hearts in America tonight? There's all kinds. Charles Spurgeon one time said, preach to a hurting people and you'll never lack for a congregation. People hurt. Even without what just happened, people hurt. But man, are they hurting tonight. A lot of people are hurting. Could there be any sinking, submerging souls in this place tonight? Hmm. Yes, there is. See, is life, let me ask you, is life one big bowl of cherries? No. Is it always a glittering yellow brick road? No. Or is life a steep uphill battle? Is it a difficult highway? Uh, what is life? What do we see? And what do we find as we turn on the road of life? What do you encounter on every turn? Is it a rose-covered, you know, uh, 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 kind of a road? Passengers that are, that are having a good time all the time? No. Or is it people who have buckled under some pressure and have toppled over by the wayside, needy and hurting? That's life. You're going to find that. As you make the turn in life, you're going to see people that have buckled under the pressure, heavy laden and burdened. I've been in this race for a long time. I just heard about another pastor friend of mine that just buckled under the pressure. That happens. The carry road uh, is a long road. What have I said before? How do you know you're on the road to success? It's uphill all the way. It's uphill. Calvary road is like this. People buckle under the pressure. See, what are we to plan and to prepare for in life? A picnic or a struggle? A walk in the park or a walk in the dark? What are you to prepare for? What are you to plan for? Uh, 
well, I'm going to get married to Harry and we're going to be married. Earth. Ah, uh, to Megatroy, hallelujah. Ah, uh, wake up and get cut by the roses. Uh, see, if life is a picnic, then we don't need a savior. Uh, then we don't need a redeemer. But I know my redeemer liveth. Because I've known some pain and heartache and Rough roads and turns on, the, on this road before. But if life often caves in, and if life can deal us a curve every now and again, uh, then we need a redeemer. Then we need a savior. We need a comforter. My, one of my favorite sayings is, thank God for God. Uh, thank God for God. Uh, we need him. See, we need somebody who's going to tell us, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. We need that. I will, not maybe. He don't toy with us. Uh, he doesn't mess with us. Uh, perhaps I might. Uh, no. If I feel like it, maybe I'll give you rest. No, I will. Take him at his word. I will give you rest. Somebody need rest tonight. You come to the right place, like I've said before. Thank God you're not at the PTA. Ah, in God's house, you've come to the right place. I will give you rest. Rest from what? Ah, well, one thing, you know, some of the things that, that weigh us down, I'm going to give you two of them. What, what, what makes us heavy laden and burdened? Well, one of them is guilt. The guilt that we carry around, many of us. See, when guilt is not dealt with, then each day is compounded. Stay with me. Let me tell you what I mean. When you don't deal with guilt, it gets worse. It's compounded. Uh, when you don't deal with your idiosyncrasies. I know some words. What does idiosyncrasies mean? Cucarachas living in your mind. That's what it means. That's what it means. It's just your mentality, you know. You got to spray it. Ah, you got idiosyncrasies up here. You know, little guilt trips that you're going through. And if you don't deal with it, each day you go home and it gets worse. It builds, it builds, it's layered like sediment. Ah, that's got to be dealt with. Ah, to the point of the place, my friend, that we're bearing all that guilt. We're carrying it around. We're not supposed to. See, nothing can drain us like guilt. It has no seconds just about. Uh, nothing can, can take all the hope from us, you and I, like guilt. We're feeling pretty good all of a sudden, feeling. But then we remember, man, but I blew it. Man, but I'm flesh and blood. I had that stinking thinking. I sinned. I, I did this. I, I messed up. Oh, oh. Nothing can drain us like guilt. Men's cure, men, men, men can give you a cure. See, men's cure can be a, just keep your chin up and you'll be okay, lies. But don't say that, you know, strap yourself to the saddle and you know, just keep riding, you know. 
church. I ain't no cowboy, you know. But you and I know better. Oh. See, others, other people will try and help you. And they're going to tell you, you know, come on. There's no God. Don't worry about your sins and your sin. You were only doing what, what comes natural. You couldn't help it. Can't help myself. Oh. But you yourself feel, and you sense that worm that never dies, the Bible says. It's a worm that never dies. It has to do with the mind. Uh, like those guys that are in hell today because of what they did yesterday. Bible says it's a worm that never dies. It's always, even in hell, the worm never dies. You still got your mentality in hell. You're going to be thinking, that's going to be hell. To be in hell and still have your mind. Woo, man. I could have got saved the day that preacher preached. Uh, I could have done all that. Uh, see, so you still have your mind to live with. You're trying to have different man-made remedies. But they don't get it. See, these man-made remedies for guilt, they don't have no real peace, uh, no real security to them at all. Today I was, I mentioned I wanted to see the, the service, and I only saw a half hour of it, of Congress and the Senate. And I saw Reverend Lloyd Ogilvy get behind and begin the service, and, you know, I was, t all right. And the, the young man singing that was a police officer. And then I saw some senators and congressmen get behind the pulpit. You know, because they'd give their names down there. And I said, wow, these guys, what are they going to say? Man. One congresswoman, she says, she says, let's be real here. We just don't know what happened. Uh, she says, I am helpless. Then she says, we're all helpless. She spoke for all of Congress and the Senate. She said, we're all helpless. We need God. She said those words. She said those words. What is man that thou art mindful of him? We all need God to deal with all of our issues. Hallelujah. Oh, my friend, but uh, is there not a bomb in Gilead? Yes, there is. Ah, uh, there is. Ah, uh, and what is that bomb? That, that oil, that's what, that's what bomb is. That cream, hallelujah, that real remedy. There's some people that have, oh, put this on and you'll feel a whole lot better. Meal. That's what bomb is. It's a, it's a fragrance, a beautiful cream. Ah, yeah. It's called forgiveness. Not allure. Ah, uh, not poison. Ah, uh, that's fufu juice. That's what that is. The balm in Gilead for guilt is called forgiveness. Forgiveness. Ah, seven times 70 per day. Who? Ah, God ain't a whole lot into numbers, but he's into that one. He's not into a whole lot of rules and regulations and stipulations, but he's into that. Ah, seven times 70. Forgiveness. See, and it's a forgiveness with a bonus. It's forgiveness coupled with forgetfulness. Uh, he says, you ask me for forgiveness? God says, I will throw all your sins in the deepest of seas, never to be remembered again. 
So the bomb in Gilead uh, for guilt is called forgiveness plus with a bonus because it comes with forgetfulness. It's a forgiveness that, it's a forgiveness that says, huh? Huh? It's a forgiveness that plays dumb. Huh? I've told you before, and I went to Santa Paula, where I grew up a few days ago. And when I had gotten saved, there's a man, and some of the people that were filming with me, we were driving by this, the neighborhood and the store there, and man, there was a car there, whoo, 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 uh, right in front of the store. Uh, red and candy apple, bad. Uh, then all of a sudden I said, I know who that is. Uh, I'm not going to say the name, but his name is Chino, hallelujah. Uh, because that's Chino's market. And when I had gotten saved, some lady from my town used to go to our church in East L.A. And she went and she was bragging to everybody. Guess what happened? Steve Pineda got saved. See, and when she came to Chino, who's got a lot of wealth, uh, he looked at her because she told me this. She says, and he said, no, God could never forgive Steve. <laughs> Aren't you thanking God right now that some of you didn't know me before? Uh, <laughs> uh, especially one that really, oh, thank God. Uh, forgiveness plus, he forgets. He says, huh? I don't remember that. What sin? Never heard of the critter, hallelujah. Never heard of such an animal. What sin? Forgiveness coupled with forgetfulness. Now another cause that weighs us down and labors our soul is that of a person who is searching. We're labor, we, we're, we're heavy burdened and we're heavy laden behind guilt, but you can find help and a remedy in a hot second. How? Forgiveness. All you got to do is ask. He's only a prayer away. I don't care how bad you think you sin. Uh-uh. He'll forgive you. That's why I'm praying for Ben Laden. God could forgive him. He probably want to ask. Proud dude. Uh, but God could forgive him. Forgive Charles Manson. Could forgive you. You're just as bad. Hallelujah. Uh, and then the second thing, and with this I'm going to close, that I want to talk about, that'll weigh us down, that'll, that'll get us labored. It's a person that is searching. Searching. Write that down if you're taking notes. A person that's searching. He's heavy laden. He's burdened. Now, did you know that searching and seeking can be way more tiring than work? It can be more work than work. Ever been in a hospital and you're waiting to see the doctor? Can't that be tiring? <laughs> Philip Gomez? Ruth Adelson? Steve Yeager? And you can get tired. You can get tired just waiting, seeing, you know, waiting to see the doctor. You're seeking, you're searching. You can get tired. Oh, I've, told, I've used this illustration before because I've been in jails, in case you didn't know. 
And, and in jail, they have, you know, they have a place where you're waiting to be, to be uh, uh, sentenced. Um, and that can get, but then they have another place called the honor farm. When you've been sentenced, the honor farm. And guess what the honor farm is? Work. You work. They use you. You go work. Up early with the pigs and the goats and the animals. And you're, oh man, you know. But you don't feel, but you're working and you don't feel like you're working. But when you're over here in the, in the waiting cell, holding the tanks, waiting to see the judge, that can be tiring, heavy laden, burdened, biting your fingernails, ah, searching. See, but so many people get tired and heavy laden by seeking for real life. looking to see what life is really all about looking for God even and never finding him you can become heavy laden because you're searching for what life is all about for meaning Uh, I mean is there anything more more you know tiring than seeking and seeking and seeking all day and then having to go home and you never found a job you wanted to work. I want to work. But you're looking and looking. And you go home all tired out. You'd rather be working. See, a person that's seeking get real tired and heavy laden and burdened. Searching. Uh, see, that is how people can and do go home each day when they're looking. Because they, uh, really, they have not found the one who has the answers to life. You leave here and you don't know God, you're going to be tired and heavy laden because you ain't found the one that has the answers. My nephews knew who to call when they were searching and seeking and all this happening. Yes, I, 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 I sense, you know, a bit of what's happening here, but, but hey, it is well with my soul. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Ah, uh, hey. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I... Uh, I told you before, I used to be a draft resistor, and uh, they called it, uh, it was called CO, conscientious objector. I mentioned that yesterday. I said I was a conscientious objector during the Vietnam crisis. And I, and I said, hey, I ain't going to go kill somebody that I don't know that looks like me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I said, but then I, I, used to, I used to use this analogy. But if they come to my hood, hey, I'll round up the fellas. Well, let me tell you something. Yes, two days ago, they came to my hood. New York and Pennsylvania. They came to my hood. I wouldn't be no conscious objector. Plus, I'm ready to die anyways. Somebody once said, you ain't ready to live till you're ready to die. I'm ready to live. And for 27 and a half years, I've been living, hallelujah. Uh, because I'm ready. Uh, but some of you will leave here tired and heavy laden because you didn't find the end of your search. Uh, so each day you return home weary and tired and heavy laden. Uh, ever seen people in a big city like San Francisco? And I've seen this. and They, they, they got their maps out because they're, they're, they're from someplace else. 
and they have their maps and you know they, they miss the beauty of the city because they were looking at their maps they got the golden gate pier 39 victory outreach on venice hallelujah uh, they missed the beauty of the city because they were looking searching uh, and they leave still heavy laden that's the way a lot of us are with god uh, we're searching and looking and we miss him the beauty of god because we're still searching see men are looking for answers to life they're looking for god but they never find him why because the bible says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. We've studied that before. The secret of the Lord. I got a secret. You're not going to find the secret until you find God. Uh, it's with those that are humble that find him. The secret of the Lord is with those that fear him and that humble themselves like little children. That's why, you know, you ever witness your uncle? Ah, oh, there's no God. Because oh, no. he won't humble himself. Tío. You gotta become like the nurseries. You gotta humble yourself. Become as little children. Then you'll enter the kingdom of God. Be like, ah, oh, God is right here. Uh, no, no, no. You can't get to God like that. You're not gonna find the secret until you humble yourself. Uh, see, the thing is, and the key is, to come to Him. I said, God's not a bunch of ordinances and numbers and figures and regulations. Come to Him. He is a real person. Uh, see, Jesus never really gave us too many rules and regulations and stipulations. Because even those could burden you down. Rules and regulations could have you heavy laden and strapped all down like a, you know, like a horse. All strapped down. That's what rules will do. Jesus only gave us two ordinances in the New Testament. Do you read the Old Testament? How many rules and regulations and ordinances and commandments? 613. They can weigh you down. God just gave us two. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart and all thy soul. Uh, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second one. That's what he gave us. Uh, no, he didn't give us all these things. Uh, but he does much better than that. He gives us himself. That's who's here today. He gives us himself. When? When we give him ourselves. When we give him our cares, our worries, our anxieties, our burdens, give them to him. And he'll give you himself. We give him our cares and he'll do the rest. Rest. Some of you need rest. Your anxieties, your, your stinking thinking, you need rest. Well, he's not going to give you rules and regulations. He goes better than that. He gives you himself. When answers aren't enough, the song says, there is Jesus. One-on-one. -on -one. Somebody once said he's so big that he knows everything that's going on on this planet, but yet he's so small that he's able to come and live inside your heart. Personal God. Personal God. Come unto me, he said. Not to my rules. Not to my commandments. Come unto me. And I'll give you rest. That's why sometimes, you know, I remember I used to work for Victory Outreach. I still do. <coughs> and I would, I would uh, uh, visit people in jail. And I'd go visit them and I'd 
put out my Bible. And some of you have heard some of the testimonies of some of the men and women that I led to the Lord. What a great job I had. Uh, Josie got me the job. We weren't married yet. But she voted for a guy in the home. It's me. She threw my name out there and the hat in the ring. It's a good choice, sister. Thank you. You know? She told the people they needed a, somebody to go replace some lady that used to do the work for the outreach. And she said, well, I've noticed that there's a guy in the home and he goes and he takes all of his friends to court. He's already doing this, and I, which I did. I go to the man. I'd always be. I loved it. Uh, and so she said, and his name is Steve, you know, okay. Wow. And so they all got together and so they put me there and that was me. And I'd go visit all kinds of people. And, and, I, would, and I even told my wife this a few times. I said, when, uh, now we were married too. I still was doing it. And uh, uh, I remember I would go get people out of jail. And they'd come and they'd get in a car and we're going to take them to, to Victory Outreach Rehab Home. And I would say sometimes, I'd tell my wife, you know what? Even if, and I would, because I would tell them, she'd be with me when I, we'd be witnessing. And I could see that they were in the car, we're going to get them in the home. And I would tell them about what God did with me. A lot of them were my personal friends. And I would go far, so far as to say this, you know what? If Jesus were to come right now, I believe you'd go with him. You know, they, they go, yeah. And some people, some people would say, but they're not even, you haven't even let them in the Lord's, Lord's prayer, sinner's prayer yet. Some people would tell me that. <laughs> you can dismiss in prayer, you know. <laughs> I gave you the mic at the end. Rules and regulations and stipulations and commandments and you know. <laughs> because I, I really believe that because they were and I would tell them because you're headed to God now. Because you're coming to Him. Come unto, you're willing to come into a Christian drug program. Because Jesus is there. It's Jesus. Come unto me. He is a person. And I will, not maybe, could be, should be, perhaps, he won't toy with us. I'll give you rest. Rest. We give him ourselves. He does. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. The rest. The rest. All you that are heavy in Bin Laden, and I will give you Rest. He'll give us himself. When you come to God, I would tell people, you don't got to go any higher because you can't go any higher. When you come to God, your search is over. Tonight, if you don't come to him, you could still walk out here heavy laden and burdened because you'll still be seeking and searching for answers and for a remedy. He's the balm of Gilead. He's the remedy. When we were singing that song, I need a touch. We didn't sing it in the right key. But it's okay. We said the word. Some of us need a touch from God tonight. Be real. Be honest. What happened... Two days ago was unprecedented. Unprecedented. 
Matter of fact, it just happened yesterday. Perhaps in all of history, especially in the near history that has just been happening, last couple of hundreds of years, unprecedented. But our God hasn't died. He's still on the throne. He's still alive. He's still saying, come unto me. He's a personal God. And tonight, some of us, we need a touch from a personal God who loves us. Who loves us. Lloyd Ogilvie kept telling the Senate, the Congress, our God loves us. He preached the love of God. He taught the love of God tonight to our senators and to our congressmen and to the hierarchy of our nation. He does love us. God knows what's going on. A few months ago when they were bickering and fighting over the the chads of the votes in Florida, that was a very crucial moment. Because if we'd have had a different president, I don't know what would have happened, but we have President Bush, and i that's God's man. I believe that with all my heart. Between the two choices of Gore and Bush, it was a very important, very crucial moment there. God knows what's going on. God's going to win out, I'll tell you that. God's going to win out. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, Spirit of God moving and ministering. Tonight, I'm not going to have you stand. I'm not going to have you raise your hands. Just as you're there and bowing your heads, I'm simply going to open up the altar and invite you to come as we do a song. If you need a touch from God. And I've said it before. As I was putting the sermon together, a very simple sermon. I knew it was very simple. Because good things happen at the altar. It's worth coming to Victory Outreach just for the altar cost. It's worth coming to church just for the altar cost. God shows up big time. God shows up big time. And right now, as every head is bowed, as every eye is closed, the Spirit of God moving and ministering, tugging at your heart, speaking to your heart, Even as I'm speaking, there's another voice speaking to you. That's the voice of Almighty God. If you need to come to this altar, I'm going to ask you right now to quickly stand to your feet, slip out of your seat, and make your way to this altar. Let God touch you. We're going to pray God touch you. We're going to pray God's comfort upon your life. We're going to pray God's rest and peace, tranquility, contentment upon your life. Anybody else, every head is still bowed. You need to come here tonight. You want to be included in this prayer. And I'm going to slip out of your seat and join these here. Allow me to pray for you. By your power, the curse of sin is broken. That's why we're here, desperately waiting. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, please. And I wonder if some counselors will come and pray. Some counselors will come and stand behind these. We need each other. 
We need each other. Listen, right now, right now, in our country, greatest country on this planet, no doubt, because of God. He's, he's chosen for that to happen right now. But right now, there's people searching the rubble in New York, trying to help people that are already dead. And I'm asking some of you to come and help people that are still alive. Come and help. They need you. They need you. We need you. Someone asked some of you, come on. There's police officers over there. There's, there's rescue units in New York. We need some here tonight for people that are still alive. People that are still alive. I'm going to ask the counselors to come and stand behind these. We're going to say a prayer.